Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800 State Farm. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! A very special edition of the Big Red Rage tonight. Paul Calvisi, Darren Urban from azcardinals.com sitting in for a vacationing Ron Wolfley. And you know what, Darren? I don't think you're going to have any problem hitting the way back button and (laughs) recollecting the particulars of this one. If you missed it last week, we have busted out Cardinals Folktales. And we're going to revisit Cardinals Folktales, the award-winning documentary series that was unveiled this past season during the season, during a 7-0, and 10-2 start by the Arizona Cardinals, in case you missed it, or even if you didn't, there's some really good stories and anecdotes. As we say, you can't spell history without the word story. And this one goes by the words, thanks, coach, which refers to, Darren, why don't you reverse engineer this for us, exactly. So thanks, coach, uh, is a reference to Dennis Green's infamous post-game speech after the Monday night meltdown against the Bears in 2006. And um, after he uh, had his monologue, as we'll, I guess we'll call it, uh, that everybody remembers and you can still see on YouTube and has been uh, immortalized on commercials and the like uh, and repeated many, many times in different ways and forms, uh, Cardinals Vice President of Media Relations Mark Dalton kind of waited a beat after Denny finished and before anybody had a chance to say anything, kind of clasped his hands together and said, thanks, coach. Matt Leinert will be out next. And, uh, and it just it was quite the finish to uh, a very surreal kind of moment. And by the way, uh, as he went behind that door and left the press conference room, there was a certain sideline reporter waiting to do the yes. radio version of the interview on the other side of that door, which we'll get into once we launch into Cardinals Folk Tales. Thanks, coach. But yes. You thought the game was a meltdown until you got to the post game, right? And yes. then all of a sudden, it literally turned into a beer commercial. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was kind of a the, the game itself was crazy. Uh, I at the time was working for the East Valley Tribune newspaper and uh, covering it. And the, like you said, the game itself was was crazy how it played out. The Cardinals had a twenty to nothing lead and ended up losing the game. And missing a field goal uh, on the like right at the end of the game that would have won it for them after all that, uh, and that was would have been interesting enough. And then we went in there, and then Dennis Green started having a press conference, which started pretty normal until the one answer. But you know what, Denny Green with the media was an event itself. Yes, it was almost performance art in some ways. Uh, you know, just a week before that, maybe two weeks before that. We were in Atlanta, and he had declared Matt Leinart the starting quarterback by ripping the microphone out of my hand as I was doing a live postgame interview with rookie Matt Leinart. So those were the sort of things you had to keep your head on a swivel for the head coach, Dennis Green. 
But in that particular moment, everyone in that, take us into the press room, because you yeah. were bracing, right? I mean, you were anticipating, man, there could be one angry and agitated head coach, yeah. potentially. When I first got in there, and I was literally in the, in the front row, right in front of him, probably like three feet in front of Denny, and I was expecting either something very sullen and maybe one-word answers or anger, and it was really neither at first. It was he, he got asked questions and he was very matter of fact about how they blew the game, but he was matter of fact about it till he got the one that set him off. And then we got the famous they are who we thought they were, which uh, will li- I mean, honestly, that is firmly entrenched in NFL history, yes. is, if not pulp, pop culture. I, I would absolutely agree with that. I mean, there's there's so many there's a couple different parts that people remember. They are who we thought they were. Uh, and and you can like crown them. You can crown them. Uh, <laughs> Who takes the third game of the preseason like it's blank, blank? Right, you know, I mean, I, yes, that it's hard to not remember it. Um, but again, one of the things I loved about doing this folktale, and I was, I was the uh, director of the video and and helped get a lot of the the sound for it and the and the video and and I I just enjoyed kind of going behind the scenes of hearing people how as it played out what was kind of going through their heads. And when we come back, we'll hit the big red way back button yeah we're talking the most memorable moments in cardinals history when you're talking about cardinals folktales and on this various special edition of the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert we'll get into it next and hit rewind on thanks coach on the arizona cardinals radio network Welcome back, everyone, into this special edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. I'm Paul Calvisi. As we go back through Cardinals folktales, in particular, the Denny Green Meltdown 2006. And if you remember that season, it started with a win, and then the Cardinals lost four in a row. Two of those by a combined five points. But the bright lights in the big stage we're still to come on Monday Night Football. And you know how we talk about sports is the original reality TV. Well, how about a game where the Cardinals defense forced the opposing quarterback into six turnovers, right? A game the Cardinals led 20 to nothing at the half, yet it still wound up with the pounding of the podium. And it was well after the game that we learned that the Denny Green meltdown might have been as premeditated as it was spontaneous. So here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, here we go with an encore presentation of Cardinals Folktales. Thanks, Coach. Do you believe this is happening? No. I cannot remember Denny ever being that out of sorts. It's one of those things that's going to go down in history. It's, I mean, everyone's going to remember it. You know, I mean, we, we just, let's, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. I said to my wife on the drive home, what the hell did he mean by that? It was going really, really well for us. Boy, the Cardinals are flying around on defense. Until it wasn't. Touchdown, Chicago! Unbelievable! There are no words. It was deflating. We felt like we had done enough to win. The meltdown is complete for the Cardinals. Or was it? Because the most memorable meltdown was still to come after the game. Coach Dennis Green has got to be absolutely beside himself. You could say that. Then again, Denny Green did say that. A post-game press conference that beer commercials are made of, literally. Who do they think they are? They are who we thought they were. They are who you thought they were? 
a rant with a life of its own that still has legs today. Oh, I was I was next up on the podium, and I was like, oh, my, what am I walking into? Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull bull It was beautiful. <laughs> From the beginning to the end to the mic slap. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. It was a thing of beauty. <laughs> it, it, it started before y'all even saw it, though. Like, it started off in the locker room. Because when my ass gets in there, I'm going to go eight. And I was like, whoa, what? It was an oh, what the moment to be sure. Welcome in to Cardinals Folktales. Thanks, Coach, presented by Seeky, where we go in-depth into Cardinals history, all-time anecdotes through the recollections and memories of those who lived it, or in my case, those who covered it. My name is Paul Calvisi, Cardinals sideline reporter. It was October 2006, Monday Night Football, where the Cardinals led the undefeated Bears 20 to nothing at the half. Yet Coach Green had good reason to be angry, frustrated, exasperated. Mount St. Denny. I'm telling you, when that clock went triple zero, something snapped in Denny, and I don't think he ever recovered. He did it in a special way that only Dennis Green could do it. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Thanks, Coach. Now, before we get to the pounding of the podium, it's important to understand the stage and the stakes. 2006 was the debut season for University of Phoenix Stadium, state of the art. In fact, the roof was open and the lights were bright for the building's first regular season game in primetime. And the cameras loved themselves some Matt Liner, the Cardinals rookie quarterback, transcended sports. Heck, he made People Magazine's 100 Most Beautiful list. And as host of Matt Liner's weekly radio show, I used to marvel at how USC fans would make the drive to Phoenix just to hang out in the sports bar for a one-hour radio show. And the star QB brought out the stars as well. Here's Darren Urban from azcardinals.com. Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore were at the game on the sideline before the game. Matt, how excited he is Monday night. You might be excited too, though, if you had Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore cheering for you, David. Might be fired up. That's kind of cool. You know, that that would be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Demi, how you doing? Charles Barkley showed up, and he ended up making an appearance uh, in the booth during Monday night football. And there was just, there was a vibe to it. Everything involved just seemed like a heightened level. People were thinking Matt Leinart was going to be the next great quarterback. There was just so much involved. It was the first round draft pick, Matt Leinart, who was making his second start, but now on national TV against a very formidable and vaunted Chicago uh, defense. So yeah, it was there was a lot on display and a lot of unique variables that went into that game. That's Cardinals VP of Media Relations, Mark Dalton, and he's right. All the pregame talk all week was all about the 5-0 Bears. The Chicago Bears are going to the Super Bowl. It's the best defense in the NFL in the history of this league. Oh, wait. It's week six. Nope. But if you talk to everybody associated with the NFL, including ESPN's Joe Theismann, the Chicago Bears are on their way to the Super Bowl. That's voice of the Cardinals, Dave Pash, who certainly was not ready to crown the Bears. Not in week six. And neither was Cardinals Pro Bowl pass rusher Bertram Berry, who wanted the world to know that the AZ played some D. Everybody was talking about how this was going to be a non-competitive Monday night football game, and, and we took that to heart. 
And I know from a defensive perspective, we wanted to go out and show that the Chicago Bears had a really good defense, but we were no slouches either. And we felt like this was our opportunity to make a big statement. Yeah, you really can't understand the post game or the game without broadening the lens a little bit to the season and the preseason as a whole. The backstory is we played Chicago in Chicago in the third preseason game and the ones versus ones held our own and, and outplayed the, the Bears first team. That was in the back of Denny's mind the whole time coming up into that game. And then we got Lovey Smith on our conference call that week and Lovey Smith said it was a glorified practice. We haven't really played them yet. They were able to have some success against us uh, back then, but it's a totally different mindset. Uh, the preseason games are important. They're glorified practices to me. And I think that got under Denny's skin a little bit. I think that's important to know and to understand that, uh, that Denny was probably a little disappointed when Coach Smith said, yeah, uh, that preseason game didn't mean as much to us as it seemingly did to you. The game started, and it started well. Matt Leinart had two touchdown passes in the first quarter. Cardinals beat writer Kent Summers covered the game for the Arizona Republic. The Cardinals dominated them in the first half. I mean, dominate. Matt Leinart was so sharp, and you could tell the Cardinals had a game plan that put the Bears on their heels. I mean, Leinart was hitting short passes everywhere and they were moving the ball, and the Bears, you know, Rex Grossman was turning the ball over all the time, and I thought, they're going to win this game. Uh, you know, and I think everybody did at halftime. They, that's how good they were in the first half and how bad the Bears were. The Cardinals' defense, you had a young Darnell Dockett, a young Carlos Dansby, a young Entrell Roll. Uh, you had Bertram Berry playing really well. You had Adrian Wilson in the prime of his career. It was a pretty good defense that was starting to find its way, and they just made the Bears' offense look like a disaster. They had Rex Grossman at quarterback, and, and Rex wasn't the, the most talented quarterback. He didn't have the best arm. He didn't make the best decisions. So we felt like we could get a few balls from him. Like he would throw us a few, and maybe we could get some turnovers and go for the ball because he was a guy that was pretty loose with the ball. He had really small hands. Play fake, Grossman steps up, hit the ball's out. He got sacked, and the ball is loose at the 32-yard line. It was Bertrand Berry that came around and gets his first sack of the year and a forced fumble. Again, they're still wrestling for it. It's Cardinal ball. Berry comes up with the fumble recovery as well. He did it all on that play. We felt like if we could get him to turn the ball over more than what he had, that we could, as an offense, score enough points in order to get that win home, and it almost worked. Almost. As mentioned, the defense did its part. Rex Grossman finished with six turnovers, four picks, two lost fumbles. His passer rating at halftime, 17.2. In fact, it was 20 to nothing Cardinals getting ready for the second half, and Dave Pash was still uneasy. When the Cardinals were up big, yeah, we were surprised, but I think just because we had been snake bitten before, I think there was a little concern like, you got another half. And then it all started to unravel. Denny kind of got a little cautious, didn't want Matt Leinart making any, any mistakes. They started handing the ball off to Edron James time after time after time, and he wasn't going anywhere. He ended up with 
55 yards on 36 carries. That was ridiculous. That's 1.5 yards per carry, and it was carry after carry. 36 times Edron James ran the ball and got nowhere, and it was by design. A halftime adjustment to make darn sure the rookie QB didn't throw the game away. Literally. Once again, Ken Summers. I think Denny Green went to offensive coordinator Keith Rowan and said, back off, run the ball, run, you know, drain the clock. And that's what they did. Brian Erlacher finished with like 119 tackles in that game. He hit Edger and James so often, it was unbelievable. I've never seen one player hit another player so often in a game. They ought to name Erlacher Skycamp because he's everywhere. <laughs> he is making plays sideline to sideline. Even though the Cardinals got conservative and, and stunk, the Bears still had to have four things go exactly right for him to win that game. Commencing countdown to meltdown, ignition to implosion in three, two, one. High formation behind line, a three-step drop. Here comes Anderson, and the ball's fumbled. It's loose on the far side, and the Bears, Mike Brown, picks it up, and he walks in for a Chicago touchdown. And the Bears have new life with two seconds to go in the third quarter. The one thing they can't do is turn the ball over in that situation, and that's exactly what happens, given the Bears' life. Wolf gives me grief all the time that somehow I'm the human jinx with the Cardinals. He calls it the pash factor. I say something, and the next play, the opposite happens. Well, he did it to Edron. Edron James, thank goodness he's not a fumbler. Very next play, fumble. The Cardinals really protecting the football right now, and that's the great thing about having Edron James, too. The guy's not a fumbler, David. He doesn't put it on the ground very often. 5.25 to go in the fourth, 23-10. Arizona, they're out of the eye with James, the deep man. He gets it off the right side, cut it back to the left, and he gets stuck right in the legs at the 41-yard line. And the ball's loose. It's fumbled and picked up by the Bears. Far side, Tillman at the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Chicago. Did I just say that? Oh, my goodness. A 36-yard fumble recovery for the touchdown by the Chicago Bears. And with five minutes to go, they're within one touchdown. Another unforgettable, regrettable moment. Forget the pass factor. The wolf factor jinx seemingly spoke the fumble into existence. But wait, there's more. Now, time for the Bears' special teams to score. Devin Hester. When Devin Hester caught the punt, I'll never forget. As soon as he caught the ball on the return... Like he made one move and you saw it. Hester waits for it at the 18-yard line. Backs up, now runs right to the 20-25. Look out, 30. Near side, 40. At midfield, 45. 40 with a kicker to beat. 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Chicago. And the Bears unbelievably have tied this football game. you got to be kidding me. No way. No way. Unbelievable. There are no works. The meltdown is complete for the Cardinals, offensively and in transition. Hunting the ball straight to Devin Hester, that that, uh, wasn't the best idea. So it it just, it was deflating. It really was because we, we felt like we had done enough to win. And to see him return that punt for a touchdown, it, it just, 
it took a lot of wind out of our sails. But as devastating as that may have been, rookie Devin Hester with his second career return for touchdown. The Cardinals still had 258 left, down one, 24-23, with one last chance at redemption. What everybody forgets is that they fell behind after the punt return by Devin Hester, and Matt Leiner played like the quarterback of the future. He came on the field. He led them down the field into field goal range for a game-winning field goal from 40 yards. I mean, that's completely doable. And then Neil Rackers blows it. The snap's good. Ball's down. Rackers' kick is up. It has the leg. Rackers' kick is no good. Rackers hooked it, and he just missed it to the left. And the Bears take over, leading by one. Unbelievable. Never, ever seen anything like it. We don't make it. Had we made it, <laughs> history would judge the next half hour, 45 minutes much differently than, than it does now. And as the Cardinals VP of Media Relations, Mark Dalton there, hinted the drama did not end with the end of the game. The most memorable moments were still to come. And when we come back, we'll learn how Denny Green's meltdown came to be, including what was the question that lit the fuse? And did the question even matter? What did Denny Green say right before and after the rant? That actually explains a lot in hindsight, not to mention how Denny eventually embraced and even monetized that moment. As we continue with this special Cardinals Folktales edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, we are Santan Ford. And welcome back, everyone, into the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. I'm Paul Calvisi. Tonight, a special Cardinals Folktales edition. This is where we say, look, you can't spell the word history without the word story. And we have documented memorable moments all time in Cardinals history. And tonight, we're focusing on Denny Green's Monday Night Meltdown, circa 2006, that, as we know, will live on forever as an all-time rant. And we're going to pick up here where we left off. Denny Green about to meet the media after the Cardinals blew that 20 to nothing halftime lead against the Bears, eventually losing 24-23, about as excruciating as it gets. Two words, in fact, brutal. Believe me, I was a sideline reporter for that game. I did the Coach Green radio interview after the game, after the rant, which we'll get to. But what about right before the meltdown, right before the media session? We're going to hear from beat writers Darren Urban and Kent Summers and Cardinals VP of Media Relations Mark Dalton as we continue with our encore presentation of Cardinals Folktales. Thanks, Coach. Coach Dennis Green has got to be absolutely beside himself. So your team just lost in gut-wrenching fashion. A Shakespearean tragedy on national TV. You're the VP of Media Relations. What do you do? What do you say to your head coach? Denny, we didn't talk a ton. Um, I mean, he's, he's a professional. He's, he's, he, know, he knows what he's got to do. And, but no, there was no harbinger of overwhelming sentiment that was any different than you would have expected in that situation. So yeah, we made our way to the interview room and proceeded to address the media. I was literally in the first row right in front of the podium. I mean, I was bracing myself because I'm thinking 
here's a guy who's gonna give us two word answers, he's gonna be super ticked off, and he wasn't. He came out and people started asking questions about hard stuff, and he answered like it was any other game. And then came the question, and things changed. Four picks against Grossman and two fumbles. What do you see about the Bears? Uh, we shut them down that way. No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just uh, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. The question was nothing about that. It was Mark Brown, a freelancer, asking him about Rex Grossman's turnovers. It's like that's what I remember. It's like what question set him off? And it was typical Denny. It's like yeah, it had nothing to do with. That's not what set him off. He had what he was going to say, and he, it was coming out by God. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bullshit, bullshit? We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. And again, the media member who set him off was freelance writer Mark Brown, who that evening was writing for the Chicago Sun-Times. In this particular case, I was surprised by Dennis's response because coaches are normally much more professional, much more subdued in answering questions. But his comments were toward the, the nature of the game itself and not directed toward me who asked the question or any other of the media representatives who, who were in the room that day. It was just venting and just a, a level of frustration that he probably felt that he had to exhibit at a certain time, and it was delivered to the moment, and it wasn't delivered specifically to an individual. It's interesting, the way it started was fairly calm, and when it was over, it was over. Uh, it was just that hmm, minute and a half in between that it was not. What was interesting to me about that whole moment is if you covered that team, his rant made sense because they had played the Bears in the third preseason game. The Cardinals had played their starters into the third quarter. The Cardinals had played well against the Bears. They were very confident. That's where the whole, the Bears are who we thought they were. You know, we let them off the hook. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull bullshit? The rare use of bullshit, bullshit back to back was just, you don't see that in a press conference very often. Frankly, the way the game was trending for, for three quarters was, was bearing out what Denny was preaching, which was, hey, don't let, don't listen to anybody else. You're every bit the equal of this Chicago Bears team, even though they're five and zero. And for three quarters, he was a hundred percent right and should have been standing in that podium with with great pride. And I think that is probably all the things happening with him and what led to what it led to. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. You know, you decide, all right, I better get in there and, and, and cut this off so we don't have another question and keep this going. And there's different ways you can do that, right? So uh, one of the ones is to just, okay, I'll interject and thank the coach for his time. Um, as I think back, we probably weren't going to get another question because as you look around the room, there were a lot of jaws on the floor and people were a little like, okay. So as you read the room, I thought it would be appropriate in hindsight, perhaps not, uh, to just, hey, nothing to see here. We're moving on with the rest of our program here. Thank you, Coach Green. They are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Thanks, Coach. Uh, yeah, that, that, that did 
generate a little bit of attention. It was beautiful. <laughs> From the beginning to the end, to the mic slap, to Mark Dalton coming in and <laughs> breaking it up. It was a thing of beauty. When I close my eyes and I think about it, I always think of Mark Dalton. Because Mark was the one that had to say, thank you, Denny. And, you know, at that point, I think Mark was literally afraid to say anything. And, uh, you know, Denny heard him and he just walked off. And he walked straight to Paul Calvisi. And Paul had to interview him right after that, not having a clue what had just happened. We are waiting, as we normally do, for the post-game interview with Paul. So we're waiting for Denny, and we see on the Jumbotron, Denny hit the microphone, say what he said, and Jim Omohundro, the producer, gets in Paul's ear and goes, Paul, here comes Coach, and he's pissed. (laughs) And then I think Denny said the exact same thing to Paul, the whole third preseason game. They are who we thought they were. So last question from head coach Dennis Green, what do you think will stick with you most from this one? Well, I just think that we, you know, the, the Bears are what we thought they were. We played them in the third preseason of the game. They played their first team for three quarters. We played ours for the first three quarters. They are what we thought they were. If you want to make them more than that, everybody can. The Bears are exactly like we thought they were. And if they're the consensus number one, Coach, what does it say about the potential of the Cardinals? Well, number one's at the end of the year, not now. There you go, Head Coach Dennis Green, guys. We will throw it back to you. Thanks a lot, Paul. And uh, Dennis Green obviously fired up. As a matter of fact, uh, before Paul spoke with him, he had his press conference, which uh, was played here in the stadium. And, well, uh, let's put it this way. He was a lot more calm with Paul than he was with the media as he uh, was very upset visibly. What I always tell people is that if you remember when Dennis Green exits the press conference room, he goes through that door, right? Well, on the other side of that door was yours truly. Totally unaware I was of what had just gone down, what was about to go viral. In fact, the wheels were already in motion. Press conference ended and I walked into the locker room where another member of our staff, Chris Melvin, was, uh, was and he said, as he always does, you know, hey, how was coach? And I paused and I thought, um, not sure how, how to succinctly describe it. And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, I think you'll you'll see it soon enough. And as it turns out, often enough. The immediate aftermath was, you know, all over the place. I mean, ESPN was playing it like every six seconds, I felt like that night. You, you know today that those moments, you know, as soon as they happen, it's like going to be iconic. But even back then, I just knew, you know, they had those famous Coors Light commercials back then where they took real moments in history, the Jim Mora playoffs and those things. And I remember thinking, Denny just got himself a Coors Light commercial. Hey, Coach, those guys just took off with all your cold, refreshing Coors Light. Who do they think they are? They are who we thought they were. They are who you thought they were? Well, who do you think they were? They are who we thought they were. Okay. Well, if you knew who they were, why didn't you stop them? We let them off the hook. I think there are some people that felt that that was a little staged, like it was coming, the whole they are who we thought they were. But who cares, right? I mean, it didn't have to be completely off the cuff. So what if he thought about it a little bit before he went in there? I mean, that's what Hollywood's all about. You know, Denny could have made it in Hollywood. Yeah, Dave Pash is onto something there because, as we learn years later, Dennis Green had a post-game plan. In fact, we'll hear from Gabe Watson and Matt Leinart, but first, here's Bertrand Berry taking us back inside that Monday night locker room where Coach Green called his shot. His shirt was untucked. Uh, he didn't have a hat on. 
And those were two things that you never saw with Denny. You never saw him without a hat and you never saw his shirt untucked. And he was kicking this, this green Gatorade cup. You know, those green Gatorade paper cups? He just was kicking this one, you know, on the ground. Wasn't saying anything. Uh, it was just, it was eerily quiet. Like, I'll, ne- I'll never forget it. And I can't even repeat all the things that he said, but the, the basic crux of the matter was he said, I don't want anybody saying anything to the media because when I get in there, I'm going off. He didn't say it quite like that, but you can kind of guess how colorful it got. He came in there heated. And the first thing he said was, uh, (laughs) I don't want anyone saying anything to the media. Because when my, I can't say the next word, (laughs) going there, I'm going to go ape. Can't say the next word. Yeah. <laughs> so he called it. He said he was going to go off. Yeah, I did a little pre- premeditated. I can't quite get up that high. Men, I don't want anybody saying anything to the media when I get in there. Because when my ass gets in there, I'm going to go eight. And I was like, whoa, what? It, it just was the weirdest thing that I could ever remember. I cannot remember Denny ever being that out of sorts like it just some, something snapped I'm, I'm telling you when that clock went triple zero something snapped in Denny and I don't think he ever recovered everybody remembers where they were when it went down when Denny Green went off you were where oh I was I was next up on the podium so I remember uh I was just kind of standing there I actually caught the tail end of it and then uh and then Mark comes up and says okay next up Matt Liner and I and I was like, oh my, what am I walking into? You know, and I was I was upset, obviously the loss too. But I mean, it's it's one of those one of those things that's going to go down in history. It's, I mean, everyone's going to remember. You know, there's there's uh, more Coach Mora. Uh, th- playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. Oklahoma State coach. I'm a man. I'm 40. There's a Denny. The Bears are who we thought they were. There's there's a handful of guys you know that are forever going to be uh, go down in history as some of the best. Uh, one-liners, I guess, you know, so to speak. Come on, give me a few lines. What do you remember from it? How'd it go? They are who we thought they were. You let them off the hook. <laughs> Players would joke about it in the locker room. I, I was one of the guys to joke about it, and sometimes I'll say, you know, do the voice and whatever to the media. Give us a dramatic reenactment, if you will. <laughs> they were who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. <laughs> Players my man, what are you doing? And I'm like... What's wrong? I'm just being me. You know, I'm a, a clown sometimes, you know. They, they were who we thought they were. They, 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 they were who we thought they were. I mean, you know, and that's how we took the damn field. And if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they were who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. The Bears who, who we thought they were. They were who they, we thought they were. The Bears are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. You want to crown them? Crown them. Do you watch the third preseason game? <laughs> the third preseason game. <laughs> Comparing that to a regular season game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness it wasn't funny after the loss but after a few years being removed and like seeing this commercial pop up and it's you know the same deal and it's like man this is hilarious you know you can like laugh and joke with guys about it and the impersonations definitely weren't limited to the cardinals locker room on fox nfl sunday for instance hall of famers terry bradshaw and jimmy johnson channeled their inner Denny. Can the Cardinals recover from a loss like that? Well, I think they can. <laughs> I'm serious. I think they can. You try we to... are who we think we are. You just crown them. all you can do it, Jimmy. Crown them. Crown them. You crown them. I don't care. I think they can because oh, of them. Shut up. They got a good quarterback. All right, now, not even a year later, even the Cardinals 
next head coach waited for the perfect opportunity to drop his own Denny-inspired quote. Here's Ken Wisenhunt cracking himself up. I mean, I think a lot of people outside of the team or outside maybe of this conference don't really know a lot about Anquan, but when you study him on tape and you and you see him, it's pretty apparent that he's a good football player. So he is what we thought he was. I couldn't decide whether I could go with that or not. <laughs> That was, that was great. I've been, I've been waiting for so long for that one. Okay. Honestly, that's probably the most or at least the hardest we ever heard Ken Wisenhunt laugh as the Cardinals head coach from 2007 to 2012. Because no doubt, Dennis Green was a tough act to follow in more ways than one. Every day was an adventure. You never knew what you were going to get. I always, I always felt like sometimes I needed a, a Denny Green interpreter. You felt like you were covering maybe one of the last true characters in the NFL. And in some ways, maybe we should have seen the Monday Night Meltdown coming. Because, for example, on his radio show one week, we asked about the O-line, and oh boy... Did we get an answer? I know during training camp, some of the offensive linemen cited, you know, just the constant media discussion of the offensive line, you know, as the weak link and just you know, always oh, being they, pointed they, they out. They need to quit whining so much. Those, half those guys are making over $3 million a year. They need to just get off their butts and start doing the job. I, You know what? I don't like to feel sorry for guys. There's no room for crybabies, no, no room for soft side. When you're offensive lineman, you're getting paid big money, then do your job. You can go watch Mesa High School play, and you can tell if the linemen are doing doing their job or not a 75 year old woman in the stands can tell if you're doing a job or not because what happens is the guy got blocked or he did all right that was a doozy and then a couple of weeks before the monday night meltdown in atlanta after coach green had pulled starting quarterback kurt warner for rookie matt liner we had one last question in the locker room for liner when coach green blitzed us from behind and answered in person what do you know about the quarterback situation going forward now? Oh, I don't know anything. I'm just going to be ready to play uh, whenever I can. Matt, a start next week. Matt's done. Yeah, that was a real-time, alrighty then moment for sure. But for all we heard, Denny Green had an eye for talent. His 2004 draft class, Larry Fitzgerald, Carlos Dansby, Darnell Dockett in the first three rounds, an all-timer. In fact, Denny's players formed the backbone of that 2008 Super Bowl team. Former third-round pick Darnell Dockett will always remember the man who saw what Dockett could become, maybe even before he did. Everybody will always remember him because of the they were who we thought they were. Everybody, yeah. that, that speech will be forever yeah. him. But the thing that stands out to me was, I brought you here not to be a backup. I brought you here to be a starter. Now get out there and work like it. That's my speech. From that day on, I never look back. And that's our look back at Dennis Green and who we thought he was in that very memorable moment. We hope you enjoy Cardinals Folktales. Thanks, Coach, presented by Seeky. For producer Jim Omohundro, I'm Paul Calvisi. As we leave you with a final word from Cardinals VP Mark Dalton, who spent as much time as anyone with Dennis Green. Sadly, Denny passed away in 2016. And a number of us went to San Diego uh, to, to his funeral service. And the program of the funeral service was really well done. And like many, it had his picture on the front and the program and the songs and the scripture readings. But on the back 
page of the program, it had famous Denny Green quotations. And I think there were eight to 10, but the very first one in the program at his funeral was, they are who we thought they were. And about that, a look back at Denny Green's memorable meltdown, Cardinals Folktales, thanks coach. And for a head coach who won 113 regular season games in his career, plus four playoff games, hit zoom out here. Even Denny Green knew that's what he'd be remembered for. In fact, as reports said later, he tried unsuccessfully to trademark that phrase, Denny Green. Now, when we come back, we'll bring back Darren Urban on how that moment, that rant has lived on and still resonates today. And what's coming this fall when it comes to Cardinals folktales? That is next. This is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Welcome back into this very special edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. We are Paul Calvisi, Darren Urban from azcardinals.com. This is our Cardinals Folktales edition. We just heard Thanks Coach, the story of the Denny Green meltdown, and some of the quotes that will live forever. They are who we thought they were, which we just learned Denny Green actually tried to trademark about a year afterwards. And, and, and as Mark Dalton, the VP of Media Relations, told us at Denny Green's funeral, it was the first quote listed on the funeral card. So it was something that he did come to embrace, and, and, it, and yeah. it did define him in a lot of ways, and he was able to monetize it via beer commercials. I mean, I think it's kind of cool that uh, Denny eventually understood uh, what it really meant in the grand scheme of things, I think. It's funny. I think back to Denny and that year um, before Matt Leiner signed his contract in training camp, um, somebody had told me that going into a press conference after one of the training camp practices that Denny's, Denny was going to have a little something to say about Matt Leiner not signing his contract. And it kind of came up in the same way. And this is what I always think about when I think of the Monday Night Meltdown was the uh, somebody asked a question about somebody's injury, Antonio Smith's toe or Carlos Dansby's toe or something. And somehow, and the Cardinals were playing in New England for a preseason game that week. And somehow Denny turned that question into um, a, a soliloquy about how Tom Brady yeah. was going to be playing in the preseason game and Kurt Warner was going to be playing in the preseason game and how come Matt Leiner was. And, and that whole thing kind of reminded me the same way he played off the question for the thanks coach. Yeah, the question didn't really matter. No. It was going to happen. It was going to happen. It was just a matter of time before. All right, so look, the offseason we know in the NFL is all about lists, right? Everybody likes to formulate these lists and they fill time and content and all that. Where does that moment rank? In your journalism career, <laughs> where, where does that moment rank? It's just an all-time WTH moment. Well, I mean, I think for a, for a press conference, that's number one. That's pretty obvious. And just in general, that game, I mean, I know – it's it's a tough one for a lot of Cardinals fans, um, and that's understandable. Um, but the the package of that, how that game played out, I mean, the Cardinals were the better team that night, and there was no question about that. And somehow they lost the game, and then to have it kind of topped off, uh, and and really that kind of sent everything in a tailspin. That game, yes, there was it did. 
you know, because you entered one and four. Yeah, you would have been two and four, but and you would have beaten the undefeated Bears, right? But now you're one and five, and, and in fact, the offensive coordinator lost his job the yep. next day. Keith Rowan, yes, who to this day claims that Denny told him to take the air out of the ball and yes. just run the ball in the second half, which Edron James did like thirty something times for less than two yards a carry. Thirty six carries, fifty five yards. <laughs> oh, jeez. But but to your point about how it was premeditated, we heard, we heard Bertrand Barry and Gabe Watson say. How, you know, he did come in and tell the players, don't say anything, I'm going to do the speaking on this one. Yeah. And, and and sure enough, he did. And and look, it was just, it was sort of the way Danny Green went about things. Back in that day, you just had more of the personality. Uh, you had more emotion. You know, now a lot of these head coaches are more like CEOs. Yeah. But, but he got out there and not only was he an expert on personnel and he had a great eye for talent, and we all know about the 2004 draft class, but uh, he didn't hesitate to take to a, put heat on his own locker room or in cases where a team lost, take heat off a locker room. And that was always, I think, a sign of a great coach, right, where you would deflect and defend your own locker room. I think there was a lot of expectations for that team, too, going into the year, drafting Matt Leinert. Uh, signing Edron James. They had some really young talent, Fitz, Dockett, Dansby. And for them to kind of flounder out of the box, uh, that that really, that was tough. And it ended up being Denny Green's last year coaching. Yeah, it was. You know what, to me, that was the epitome of infotainment. It was entertaining. It was informational. Uh, Denny Green, the singular personality and head coach. Special thanks not only to Darren for sitting in uh, here tonight, but our Jim Omohundro, not only fine producer of the Big Red Rage, but the Cardinals Folktales podcast, which you can find at azcardinals.com. Special thanks, Zach Larson, for tonight. We're going to continue. We have a two for next week, a couple of Cardinals Folktales, as we continue during the summer here. I'm Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.